You're listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Talk Daredevil, the podcast that's brought to you by the team behind Save Daredevil. Today, we are going to do something fun. Um, We wanted to talk about how we became Daredevil fans. This is going to be the first part of a two-part episode where we get a few team members together to talk about how they got into the Daredevil fandom. And we're also going to spend some time sharing some of our favorite comments and stories that the fandom without fear um, shared with us a previous week um, on social media. So I'm going to start off by introducing myself. I'm going to let the team members that are joining us today introduce themselves as well. So you might recognize me from a few episodes now, but I'm Phyllis. This is Mary. I spend a lot of time behind the scenes, but I do share a lot of uh, charts and graphs related to viewer demand and social media stats on our various social media platforms. I'm kind of a numbers nerd. Hi, I'm Aisha. You may have seen me on the Save Daredevil Con in July. Hi, I'm Christina, and you also may have seen me on that same panel that Aisha just talked about. And I've also done another episode of the podcast, so I'm happy to be back. And I'm so excited that you're joining us today. So we're going to just jump right into it. This podcast is called Talk Daredevil, so it makes a little bit of sense that we talk about how we got into Daredevil and became Daredevil fans. So I want you guys to go ahead and tell me, how did you become a Daredevil fan? Well, um, for me, I was not really a comic book fan. Um, I was a nerd in other ways. I've been a Trekkie all my life, and um, I used to go to cons before I ever became a Daredevil fan. I consider myself a very casual Marvel movies fan. Uh, I'd watched a few of the movies, uh, Thor, Captain America, thought they were fine. I enjoyed them. Still considered myself a very casual fan, not all that interested or invested in the characters yet. I always associated comic book stuff with very lighthearted PG-13 entertainment, you know. And my introduction to the the Marvel Netflix universe didn't even start with Daredevil. It was Jessica Jones season one that I first watched. Um, I'd had a Netflix subscription for a long time. And for whatever reason, I'd never come across Daredevil or any of the Marvel shows on it. Until one day in February 2017... Uh, I randomly picked Jessica Jones season one to watch and I got really engrossed uh, in this very serious and adult themes in the show. Um, In the middle of watching the season, I started Googling the universe and realized it had a lot of other characters, apparently, and was all based on Marvel comics. Now, towards the end of season one of JJ, there is an episode where Claire Temple shows up uh, when... Uh, Luke Cage uh, got shot in the head by Jessica and she's talking to Malcolm and she mentions her blind friend with the abilities. (laughs) Now that was the first time I'd heard of uh, this character. So when JJ season one ended, I looked him up and from the first scene in the confessional, I was hooked. The dialogue, the characterization, right from that first scene, I could not look away. And since then, Matt Murdock has been my favorite because he's the character with a disability, but he's never let it get in his way and he never gives up. Um, His resilience and his bounce back attitude and his pure heart filled with goodness. Now, I know I'm gushing now. (laughs) (laughs) Which is completely unsurprising if anyone knows Aisha. (laughs) 
this is a group that will gush about Matt Murdock. Yeah. Right, right. And that is the reason why I'm drawn to this character. He's just such a good guy with a soft heart and very hard fists. <laughs> also, I had no idea Charlie was British. I found that out while looking up YouTube videos between season one and season two. And I was floored I, because I would never have guessed. Uh, I should probably also mention that I finished season one and season two of Daredevil over one weekend in February 2017. Wow. And I've never looked back. I remember when you told me that. I think we were at, we were at like New York Comic... Was it what, at New York Comic Con when you told me you had watched Jessica Jones first? So I remember right. you telling me the story and so unsurprised that you would have finished both seasons of yeah. Daredevil in a weekend. I was, I was like hardcore by the end of that yeah, you know yes. <laughs> weekend that's my getting into daredevil story that's your right. origin story we love yeah. it <laughs> yes so i uh growing up i was very nerdy but again not necessarily into comics i was very star wars star trek lord of the rings doctor who the guys that i hung out with in high school they read x-men so i read x-men so i had something <laughs> to talk with them about i didn't ever read daredevil but at some point i met the characters of dale Daredevil and Elektra. None of the other ones, but just those two. Because by the time the film came out, I knew who they were, but I didn't know any of the other characters. And I knew enough about them to not be happy with the way that Elektra was portrayed on screen. I remember specifically saying, that's not the Elektra that I read about. But for the life of me, I cannot remember where I read them. They must have just crossed over into another title at some point. So uh, like Aisha, I was very kind of casually into the MCU. I think I watched in this order, the Avengers, Thor and Captain America. So it was completely a mess. And I said, hey, these are fun. I like them. They're cool. Did not make me want to dive any further. But yeah, these are enjoyable. I like it. Then in June 2015, some of those very guys that I hung out with, with high, in high school are now playing Dungeons and Dragons with my husband. And one of them Actually, I think more than one of them said, hey, you guys have got to watch Daredevil. It's really good. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, sure. I had an image in my mind of what a comics-based superhero TV show is going to be like. I'm thinking Smallville. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that type of thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be entertaining. I was not prepared. Uh, <laughs> I was blown away by it. It was like nothing I had ever seen before. And the way that Charlie Cox played a blind man was very personal to me. My grandfather was born blind. He was blind his whole life. He was also a New Yorker. Pretty sure he did not have abilities. I don't know. Pretty, pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure. Um, he, he also didn't have a dog. So I love that whole you should get a dog conversation in season mm -hmm. one. Um, but from the very first episode when it was over, I turned to my husband. I said, this isn't just me, right? This is really good. And he said, oh, yo, this is excellent. This is really good. Uh, I think we finished the season in a week immediately. I said, what else is out there? And we did a deep dive into everything in the MCU. Uh, we're, mm. We've become completists. Um, and the other thing it did was I started talking to my friends going, hey, anyone else watching Daredevil? And a lot of them said, have you read any? And I said, no. And so they started lending me their collections and it was completely out of order again. There was some old stuff with Matt and Natasha in New York in like the 70s. I read Guardian Devil. I read The Man Without Fear. And after that, I started seeking stuff out. I'm like, I, I've been told to read Born Again. I got to read that. I've been told to read Marvel Knights. And people said this this one uh, arc called The Widow was great because I love Natasha. And, and uh, I just started reading what I could get my hands on. 
I would never call myself a Daredevil comics expert. I absolutely 100% am not. There's so many holes in my knowledge, but I had so much fun reading it. And I definitely had fun when I would see a panel and go, oh my gosh, that panel, they did that in season one. That line of dialogue, they said that. He said that line. So that was really fun for me. And so that's where I came into Daredevil and really into the MCU. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear that you got more into the MCU from watching Daredevil, you know, because that's not something I hear a lot of, I don't think. So that's really cool. Okay. My origin story. (laughs) Um, Back in 2002... Uh, I was reading some entertainment news, uh, and I ran across an article about Ben Affleck starring as a blind lawyer with supercharged senses who fought crime in a devil suit at night. And that sounded so absurd. I mean, devil suit? <laughs> that, that got my attention. I never read comic books at that point, so my superhero knowledge was really limited to whichever ones were on TV and in the movies. You know, I grew up watching The Incredible Hulk show and uh, Superman, really liked Superman. Anyway, mm-hmm. it was going to be several months before the movie actually arrived in theaters. And I'm one of those people who likes to read the book first. So I (laughs) tracked down the nearest comic book shop and asked the staff where I should begin. If I'm remembering correctly, uh, the very first run I read was Out by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. And I was hooked immediately. Uh, Next thing I knew, I owned an armload of graphic novels, had signed up for a Daredevil subscription, and was buying old issues off of eBay. I did something very bad and actually broke open something that had been graded because the only reason I bought it was so I could read it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I'm a blasphemer. Uh, as a side note, all these years, up until the cancellation, I did not know anyone else who read the comics or who loved this character as, you know, as much as I do. People, some people at the comic book shops knew about the character. But if there's one silver lining from this cancellation is that I met other Daredevil fans. Mm-hmm. And this might be a really good point for us to segue into sharing some of our favorite stories that um, the Daredevil fans online shared with us. So we posted on um, social media a few days ago, um, as of this recording, just wanted people to tell us, you know, how did you become a Daredevil fan? And we were really blown away by everybody sending in such amazing stories and responses. And believe me, it was really hard to narrow down the list. But, you know, it's unsurprising that there were so many people that got back to us. It was unsurprising that people came to discover the character from so many different um, directions. You know, there were people that discovered it with the Netflix show, kind of like Aisha, and a lot of people that found it with the movie. And of course, so many people that found it through the comics, you know, either they were raised in a household with parents who read comics and their parents sort of passed on that love of the comics to them Or, you know, they might have been reading other Marvel comics and were kind of like familiar with Daredevil, but the show kind of blew it all back open for them. Um, And even people that like knew of Daredevil from um, Spider-Man, from the animated series and the PC game. So um, we just want to kind of go through like a list of some of our favorites and just, you know, shout out the people that did share their stories with us. Yeah. So, I mean, and some of them may have even found Daredevil through the actress' other projects. Mm -hmm. Like this... This comment from Laura, uh, she's known as uh, Las Vegas Diva UK on Twitter. And she says, "Um, I discovered Daredevil after meeting Charlie Cox for the first time at Stage Door. After seeing him in Betrayal in London, I was astonished at how he understood the needs of someone with sight loss. I heard people in the queue talking about how Charlie was in this TV show called Daredevil. 
So the next day, I typed the word into Google, and after watching clips of the show, it explained how Charlie understood so much about people with sight loss. This show has changed my life for the better and made me happier in my own skin than I have for a very long time. That's such a lovely, a lovely story. I did not know. So, Laura, I recognize you from Twitter and from the fandom. I didn't know that was that you had discovered Daredevil after you saw Betrayal. So that was a really cool thing to find out. And I do think that there were quite a few people who um, went to watch that play. So Betrayal is a play that Charlie Cox did last year um, with Tom Hiddleston and Zowie Ashton in the West End and on Broadway. So a lot of Marvel fans, perhaps, you know who are fans of Tom Hiddleston. You know, I know a lot of them discovered Charlie during that run and um, got into the show that way. Um, so th- this is definitely not the first, like, I heard about it in the queue and hopefully fell in love and became a fan. Yep. Yeah. And we know that Kevin Feige went to see it on Broadway. Mm, he did. He did. He did. <laughs> so uh, the one that I really like is from Tumblr. It's Deviant Send by Real Life. I became a fan-ish by the movie version because it was my first contact with Daredevil in general, but the Netflix show turned me into a Daredevil lover. Really opened a door for me. If anyone catches me reading a comic book, blame Netflix Daredevil. And we hear we hear comments like that a lot. I like that she became a fan-ish because fan-ish. of the movie, yes. but then became a real fan when she saw the show. Yeah. Okay, I picked excerpts from a few comments. The first one is from Eddie James on Instagram. Uh, It's honestly one of the best shows I've ever watched, hands down. Right up there with Breaking Bad, True Detective, The Sopranos, to name a few. Uh, That goes along with another comment from Addie Jasmine from Facebook. I really liked the 2003 Daredevil movie, and I even bought the DVD, but I liked it as a movie, not as a superhero movie. And I think this touches on the fact that Daredevil's story is very much a grounded, street-level crime drama. I remember when the show was first coming out, Charlie and other people were comparing the show to The Wire in some of their early interviews. It's pulled in a lot of fans who really weren't all that that hot on superheroes. And interestingly, when I was looking at some analytics data, uh, (laughs) crime stories, crime dramas especially, but, you know, crime dramas are very popular. There is still plenty of room in the market for high-quality crime dramas. Mm -hmm. And I do consider Daredevil a crime drama as well as a superhero story. Uh, Another comment that jumped out at me was from Jakoda. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the last name because I will butcher it. Um, But Jakoda from Facebook, you know who you are. The show got me through a rough patch last year, showing me I can keep going despite obstacles in my way. And I've seen a lot of comments like that over the last couple of years regarding people who have battled depression, which obviously Matt, with good reason, uh, struggles with that, both in the comics and in the show. Uh, There are also people like Laura who, you know, they see a little bit of herself on screen. You know, we talk about how representation matters in other ways, but it also matters in terms of disabilities. And another thing that reminded me of Laura's comment is Mogigi from Instagram. Uh, She didn't comment on this particular question, but if you look at her Artist Alley page on the Save Daredevil Con website, she's got a lovely story, and it ends with a quote from The Defenders, where Matt said, no one can give you your life back. You got to take it back. And I've just, I've heard comments about that, you know, over the last couple of years since the cancellation. So, So he was important to a lot of people because he was so real. And it's, you know, you don't think about as, well, maybe nowadays, but I think Daredevil kind of inspired it. You don't think too much about superheroes being depressed. 
you know, my I didn't know a lot of superheroes beforehand, but you didn't see too many with real human disabilities and struggles. You know, Superman had kryptonite. People don't identify with that. Mm-hmm. This guy was real. This one, this was just kind of, I enjoyed this personally. PDG0808 on Instagram. My dad and I were chilling in our basement. I was playing a handheld and my dad was watching Daredevil. I started with just peeking over my screen and ended up completely engrossed in it. My dad then asked if I wanted to watch it, and we watched the show start to finish together over a couple of months. And now I love everything Daredevil. I love that comment because I got into action movies and martial arts movies and all that from my dad. My mom actually falls asleep during those kinds of shows and movies. She will, no matter how many explosions are going off or what kind of peril somebody is in, she's over there snoring. (laughs) But my dad and I spent many a late night, because we're both insomniacs, you know, we spent many a late night uh, just having uh, kung fu fests, and we, we really liked Bruce Lee movies, and you know we talked about different fighting styles, all this stuff that we kind of nerd out about Daredevil. My dad really got me into that, and I mm-hmm. wish you know he were around to see this show because it would have just he would have loved it. So those are my picks. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Because uh, my dad and I used to watch all the shows together. He was the one who got me into Star Trek and all the sci-fi stuff and um, introduced my brothers who were much older than me to comic books and stuff. And I, I know he's not around anymore. And I know he would have loved Daredevil. He loved ninjas and crime dramas. <laughs> so that was definitely his type of thing. So that's one of my regrets that he's not around, that I couldn't show this show to him. But I know. He, he would have been yeah. your first convert. I know Absolutely, for sure. he would have. I'm like, I can't convert everyone, right? Yeah. I, I, I've gotten my whole family, my brothers. I convert my colleagues and customers even <laughs> yeah. to Daredevil. Yes, I do. Yes. (laughs) I do. This is the behind the scenes work that Aisha does for the campaign. She is like out there on the ground converting people to Daredevil during my day job. (laughs) I call her the Save Daredevil Evangelist. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, There were also a few um, ones related to the comics. And this was kind of a really fun one um, from Chris Nye on Facebook. Um, He said, um, it was elementary school fire safety week. We were all given a comic book, Daredevil versus Vapors, gas vapor, and I was mesmerized. Then I watched the trail of the Incredible Hulk with my dad and never looked back. Daredevil has been my favorite for decades. Um, I just didn't even know there was a fire safety one shot (laughs) from Marvel with featuring Daredevil. So I'm going to try to find it. I just think of all the ways to have been introduced to the character via comics like that is not the one I would have guessed. But it's amazing that that could have been the thing that converted someone to a lifelong love um, of Daredevil. Um, We have another one from Peter Danninger from Facebook. Um, When I read Marvel vs. DC as a child, the few panels with Daredevil's vibrant all-red costume looked really special. Um, And through the cheap movie, The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, and his episodes in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon next to my favorite character during my childhood, I was sold. Um, But it was only due to the great storytelling of the Netflix show and the casting of Charlie Cox that he became one of my favorite heroes of all time. So again, you know, I, I just love I love when I find these like lifelong comics fans or these lifelong Marvel fans that um, maybe had a more casual relationship with Daredevil, the character in the past. And the show just really like locked it in for them. I think there's a few people on our team that come with sort of a longer history um, of, mm-hmm. uh, of 
Marvel and Daredevil. And they're not on here now, but I, I bet they have some amazing stories about how the show really clinched it for them, too. And then there's one more Facebook comment from our follower, Stephen Granger Murray. Um, and he says, I love Daredevil from the comic books, but the series cemented my love for the character. I like the fact that he's not a walk, that he is a walking contradiction. Lawyer by day, vigilante by night. I'm not religious in the slightest, but I also like the fact that he's a devout Catholic. And the current comic run shows how much guilt he actually feels. The latest series has been killing it so far. I'm surprised no one else has thought of this particular storyline before. If you haven't read the comics before, this series is one hell of a jumping on point. And a lot of us on the team are huge fans of what Chip is doing on the current on the current run of Daredevil. Um, so we Absolutely. have to co-sign everything Stephen is saying. Um, there might be some things that are perhaps more controversial and debated <laughs> amongst um, us, the team, and I'm sure even amongst the comic fans out there. But there's just no um, there's just no denying that there's just some excellent, amazing work coming out of the Daredevil book right now um, with Chip and, and Marco and the other creatives on that team. Yeah, the art is amazing. Gosh, Marco. A, a bunch of the team members met Marco last yeah. year um, at New York Comic Con. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was so lovely to us, um, so kind. Um, and, and, yeah. and you guys met... Um, we met Chip. Chip. Yeah. Yes, we met Chip in San Diego. Uh, he was yeah. also so kind and he donated that drawing. To That's our charity right. auction. Um, so, right. yeah, we're like lifelong chip fans slash fans <laughs> up in here. <laughs> but, yeah, so thank you guys for sharing those stories. You know, again, like I said, we're going to be recording another episode with some different team members. And we're going to try to throw in more of our favorites. So if you didn't hear yours today, you might actually hear yours in the next episode. But, you know, before we wrap up, I do have one more question for you guys, and um, I'm really excited to hear what your responses are. But I would love to hear what your favorite moment has been as a Daredevil fan. All right. So I've had quite a few, and most of them have come as being part of this campaign with you guys, Um, interacting and meeting other fans and going to cons with you guys. But I guess I can say some of my favorite moments have been the times I got the chance to meet Charlie Cox. I've been fortunate to have met him a number of times. Before I met Charlie, I'd heard so many stories where fans had met him and they talked about how nice he was and how generous with his time. And it wasn't until I got the chance to meet him that I realized, yes, all of that was true. So my favorite Charlie meeting, uh, now you know this one, Phyllis, Um, this was Ace Comic Con, Arizona. That was the one I was <laughs> guessing you would share. <laughs> in in January 2019, last year, and you and I were there together. This was a first outing as Team Save Daredevil. This was the second day of the con. We'd already met Charlie once the day before um, at the autograph, autograph line. And Charlie had all even given us a shout out as a campaign at his panel uh, the previous day. So we were basically on cloud nine at this point. Like, Things could not have gone better, seriously, as a campaign and as Daredevil fan. But this meeting to me stands out because this is the first time I had an actual conversation with Charlie. And it led to a tiny little sports talk, (laughs) which was funny and fun. And I loved it. (laughs) It all started when um, at the autograph line, like he was signing some stuff. And I'd said to him, Charlie, I have something to say to you. And anyone who has ever met Charlie, if you say that to him, he will just give you his full attention. So he just straightened up, put the pen down, looked at me straight in the eye. I'm like, I'm 
I'm so glad that I'd kind of prepared a statement for him because at all that attention directed at me, I would have started babbling if I wasn't prepared. <laughs> so, so I told him that um, it meant a lot to me that he was the only actor in the cast in season three who said the name Nadim correct. And he just gave me you know, like a surprised look and he goes, how do you mean? And I said, you said it right. Others said Nadim and you said Nadim. And he said, what's different? I said, you know, the sound, the D sound, one has a hard D and the, the real pronunciation has a soft D sound. And he goes, oh, the pronunciation. I said, yes, the pronunciation. And I said, I really appreciated that you said it right because um, that name is from my part of the world. And he goes, where are you from? I said, I'm, I, well, I live in Canada now, but I'm originally from Pakistan. And of course, Charlie being a Brit and mm -hmm. a sports fan, the first thing he says to me, oh, do you like cricket? <laughs> Which was really hilarious to me because, of course, you know, you know, anyone from Pakistan would have to be a cricket fan. And I said, yes, yes, of course, I like cricket. And then I asked him, um, do you still play? Because I'd read that he used to play. And he goes, oh, no, it's been a few years since I've played. And then I asked him, oh, did, but do you play squash? Because the previous day at the con at the panel, oh, yes, yes, he, yeah. Yeah, he had uh, uh, when uh, Tom Hiddleston crashed his panel, he talked, uh, Charlie talked a little bit about the betrayal uh, scene, some dialogue mm -hmm. from there, which mentioned squash. And he goes, no, I haven't. No, no, I've never played squash. This was January 2019. We, he had not played squash then. But we do know that when Betrayal, by the time it moved from London to New York, Charlie and Tom had been playing squash quite regularly. So that's one of my favorite moments as being a Daredevil fan. The first time I had a conversation with Charlie. Yeah, it's a fun. <laughs> it's a really fun memory. <laughs> yeah. I was glad to be there, you know, in the background, watching <laughs> as it was all happening. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Christina? Well, for me, it was a moment in the show. It was in season three. And I was uh, talking earlier about how I saw the show first, then I read the comics. And I also talked about how much I loved all those little bits from the comics that made it on its way to the screen. But up until this point, I had always done that in reverse. I'd seen it, and then I'd seen it in the comics. Uh, and then, of course, at the end of The Defenders, I did jump off the couch and go, woohoo, bored again. And I think my husband said, sit down and be quiet, please. But, um, <laughs> but you know, that was cool because I actually got the reference. But uh, season three, the episode called Karen, that absolutely stunning final shot of Karen Page cradling Matt, bathed mm -hmm. in red light at the foot of the crucifix after Bullseye had just killed Father Lantum in the church, I had a nerdgasm because <laughs> I immediately got it. I'm like, that mm -hmm. is a, they're changing the characters from that famous panel from Guardian Devil of Matt holding Karen's dead body in the church at the base of the crucifix after Bullseye had killed her. And it was so cool because in that moment, I felt like the, the people who worked on the show were winking at me. They were saying, mm. oh, yeah. We know that during this entire episode, you thought Bullseye was going to kill Karen because you read Guardian Devil. <laughs> we know you were stressing. How do you like that? And I, it, I just loved it. I had a very, I had a Steve Rogers. I understand. Yes. <laughs> and it was really exciting. And I, I think I had, I was trying to explain it to my husband because he hadn't read any of it. And I think I was babbling a bit and he didn't really get what I was talking about <laughs> because it was so exciting to me. All right, Mary. 
Okay, well, uh, my favorite moment as a Daredevil fan, there are a lot, but I'd say during New York Comic Con last year, sitting on a rooftop in Hell's Kitchen with Joe Quesada, nerding out about Daredevil. A, a few things are significant about this. One, it's Joe Quesada. My, my inner comic book geek was freaking out. I never in a million years thought I would ever meet this guy. Also, when we invited him a couple of days prior, which is its own little funny story, I'm not sure any of us expected him to show up, much less bring his family along. I, <laughs> I didn't. I, I had no, no expectation of that. Also, he was the guy responsible for throwing Charlie's hat into the ring for the role of Matt Murdock. And for that, I will be forever grateful. Hashtag Charlie Cox's Daredevil. And finally, it gave me an injection of hope. Um, at that point, Marvel had been silent, completely silent about the show for almost a year, which was 100% expected. We didn't expect them to, to make a peep about it, but it was still really frustrating. So while Joe wasn't there representing Marvel by any means, it just felt really good to be acknowledged by one of the Marvel executives. You know, like we were on their radar. They knew who we were. And they, he kind of cared who we were. And also, he was just really fun to talk to. It was kind of like his, you know, Cup of Joe panel or interviews. He was asking us questions. You know, he, he was interested to know who we were. So that was just, in so many ways, just a really special experience. Yeah. I don't, there's not much you can do to top that. And you didn't well, even mention Charlie that Charlie Cox, yeah, <laughs> you didn't even Charlie mention that Charlie there. Cox was oh, there. Yeah, no, Charlie was there. Uh, Susan Barron, who plays Josie, mm -hmm. was there. Royce Johnson, yeah. Detective Mahoney. Naquam, who trained a lot of the Netflix heroes, he was there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then the day before, we had met up with Jeff Cantor and Peter Halpin, who plays yeah. Foggy's brother. So really, we got a lot of love and got to mm -hmm. meet a lot of people, got a lot of autographs and all that. So I don't want to diminish that at all. But, uh, but like I said, you know, this, yes. <laughs> this, this had, I had bullet points about this, about yeah. meeting Joe Casada. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Awesome. Oh man, guys. one yeah. of these days I'm going to make a meetup. It's going to happen. <laughs> one will. of these days yes. when we're able to meet up at all, it will, it will happen. Yes, it is going to happen. I was so excited to finally go to San Diego Comic-Con and meet everybody this year. And I was so devastated when that clearly was not going to happen. So it will it happen. It will happen again. It will happen. Um, so, you know, I think we're doing, we're just about good on time. So I'm going to just start wrapping us up. Um, I may or may not have some favorite memories, but, you know, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that for next week's group. And we're going to, you know, we're going to sprinkle some of that stuff in there. Um, Intriguing. Yes. You'll have to tune in to the next episode <laughs> to find out what my favorite moment has been as a Daredevil fan. But once again, guys, thank you so much for coming out today and just sharing your stories. And again, to the Phantom Without Fear. You know, we say this all the time, but we really can't do this without you guys. And we just love the energy that you give us as part of this Daredevil fandom. You know, it just keeps it keeps our energy up. It keeps our hopes up. You know, it's just you guys are great. So, you know, just again, as I said before, we're going to do another part to this episode. This is only part one. We're going to come back again with some more favorites, um, some more stories. Um, but in the meantime, you know, just a couple of quick little housekeeping announcements. You know, if you are following us on social media, you might see that we're doing uh, a few cool things right now. So we are we should be in the middle when this episode is um, actually published. We should be in the middle of a weekly petition challenge. Um, we're trying to get the numbers up for the Save Daredevil petition by the time we hit the end of the 
two-year moratorium on November 29th. So if you follow us on social media, particularly on Twitter at Renew Daredevil um, or on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Instagram at Save Daredevil, you're going to see us putting up weekly challenges and just ideas for how you can continue to get the word out about the petition um, and help us just get those numbers going. There might also have been already a post about a weekly hashtag party. I'm going to say this in the recording right now so that we actually get that out there. Um, we just want to make some noise every 29th uh, up until November 29th and get people to talk on the Save Daredevil hashtag and talking about Daredevil in general, tagging some of our favorites like Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige, Disney, Hulu. Um, so just, you know, again, keep an eye on our social media um, for stuff like that. You know, we're hoping that at some point we might be doing maybe an episode based on like fandom Q&A. So if you do have questions for us, anything you want us to talk about or any questions you'd love to have us answer, send us an email, send us a DM. Um, We'd love to include that on an upcoming episode as well. Again, this is another thing that we're just going to put out on the recording so that it will happen in real life. We are currently planning on our round two of the charity initiative. Um, We had postponed that earlier this year just because of all the stuff that was happening with COVID, but we're thinking that we're going to probably be rescheduling it for around New York Comic Con time. So, you know, sometime in the beginning of October, you're going to hear some more from us about how you can find um, this second round of our auction and fundraiser. Um, You know, we we did this amazing thing last year where we had really cool Daredevil items that were autographed, put up on eBay for auction and a GoFundMe fundraiser. And 100% of the proceeds we raised went to Sight Savers, which is an amazing international charity. And and yeah, so that's something that we're going to hopefully be able to put back out in the world. And so for any of you fans out there who want to collect really cool Daredevil items or just be a part of a really good cause right now, um, we're going to have more info about that for you guys soon. All right. Well, thank you again. You guys are great. Um, And for those of you listening, you know, please, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a great rating and review. And we're going to you're going to hear from us more again next time. Right. Thank Thank you you all. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. For more information on Save Daredevil, please visit our website at savedaredevil.com. Remember, Murdoch's always get back up.